You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Vixies, this is your host, as usual, Maddie of the Voluntary Vixens podcast, joined by Jesse, my co-host. Hi. <laughs> it's funny, Jesse always sounds so timid on this intro, but really, like, <laughs> she's not timid at all. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of not timid people, um, more outspoken people, the better we have on, on our side of the fight. Uh, we got on tonight, Danny from Max Public House, and I don't know, like, if that doesn't ring any bells to you off the top of your heads, guys. He's been one of the most vocal and I think, um, like, visible opponents to the lockdowns. Not just recently. It's not a new thing. Like, he's not new to this game. Danny's been fighting this fight for, you know, well over a year, I think. Um, So I definitely remember hearing about you, Danny, back in the beginning of all this. Mm -hmm. Um, But really glad you're here. Really glad you're still speaking out. And um, that you got on the, you know, that you got on it so early. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thanks for having me on, first of all. And yeah, it's still crazy to think about how long this is going on, but can't say that I didn't see it coming. Um, literally stood on the rooftop of my bar trying to warn people that we were going to get to this current state that we're in. And I think more and more people are starting to see it. So hopefully, um the attack on all of our liberties. I think people are starting to see that their two weeks to flatten the curve was a big bunch of nonsense. So I think hopefully we're reaching that point where people are going to come together because uh, that's how to stop this is can't stop the numbers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, yeah, like you said, you're on the rooftop, like, and what that's what we're doing. Like we're, we've been shouting from the proverbial rooftops for this past year, like even before the world shut down, Jesse and I were already talking about like the scariness of what was to come and how honestly, like I've, I, this still holds true for me. I've never been afraid of this virus. I've always been afraid of the reaction to it. Yep. And um, not just by the government, honestly, like what I think is proven to be more scary is the levels of compliance of our friends, our family, our neighbors, just people in our community, like your customers, your loyal customers that you aren't even allowed to serve anymore. Yeah, that's the, the uh, you just hit the nail on the head. Um, the scariest part about this is the compliance and the people that are willing to almost, um, like almost literally sacrifice us at this point. Um, yeah. I, every day that goes by, I see more and more, there was like a fake survey that someone did the other day about locking up, like throwing all the unvaccinated in jail and all this. And people are like, yeah, absolutely. Where do I sign? Um, all for it. The warning signs have been all over the place. And for the most part, if you go back specifically to New York, uh, Cuomo, you can catch his news conferences saying, I never forced anyone to wear a mask and I never forced anyone to do this. 
Um, he did a lot of scare tactics and things that would force your fellow person and neighbor to enforce it instead of him actually having to do it. How right. many people shamed everywhere they went? Um, again, even even when he would say there's a mandate, a lot of these things weren't um, like they couldn't enforce this, but people and businesses did it because they were yep. afraid. And there's just been fear pumped into everyone for so long and a whole bunch of propaganda everywhere. And it's scary that everyone, so many people, masses bought into it. And now we're at a point when um, it's our fellow person that's that would literally just turn us in. Yeah. Like Soviet Russia, you can't even, you know, parents would be turned in by their own children and you're turned in by your own friends. Yeah. And that's what it's turning into. I mean, how many, I don't know about you, but I know I've lost friends over this, over, over this year. I'll tell you what, I have lost almost everyone. Um, there have been literally just a, like a few, like a, a few people that have stayed in my life and have really um, come to support me. But the amount that I've gained um, mm -hmm. has been insane. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I people that really know me, like, you know, do you feel bad about, you know, you, this family member not talking to you anymore or this or that, or how do you feel? I'm like, at least I know who supports me and who doesn't at this point. Um, uh, it's sad that we had to get to this. But um, you really see this this last year really bought people's true colors out. So oh, yeah, you can read through who's fake, who's not. And um, just on in general now, you can really see where people stand. You know who wants to send you to the FEMA camp and you know who will be there with you. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's a whole bunch of my family that's going to send that would would do it. But I'm telling you, I've met a lot of good people that. Um, and I, I've become a very good judge of character. I could kind of smell through the bullshit. Um, really good people that I think that I'll be around for. And who knows? I think Maddie and Jesse, you may become my new best friends at this point. <laughs> hey, we are always open for new friends. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like one of the best parts, one of the silver linings of this whole <sighs> nightmare, really. Like, it's a nightmare. Like, we all never thought we'd have to experience something like this but you know we knew that there was the possibility of it because i don't think like we're not very naive people maybe to some degree everybody's got blind spots but like you know we understand history we understand um like you know i don't know it's it's annoying like when people are like i can't believe like they made a virus political and it's like it was political power that locked people in their homes and so that is why it is political you know so anyway, yeah. but understanding politics and us being kind of like politically homeless and already hating the government <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, either part, either party, um, it, you know, we already kind of had the opinions that like somebody would definitely want to send us to a FEMA camp and then coming into 2020 and having having those bullshit detectors, like you said, you've um, you know, your judge of character has uh, improved, like how you read people. Um, like already having some degree of like a bullshit detector, um, and having these leaders, these pol political leaders steer us into what, um, <laughs> has been like the worst, honestly, it's like the worst, um, 
virus response, um, the worst <laughs> like civil liberties attack on its people. I mean, okay, you know, there hasn't been a mass genocide or what's the what's the word called, Jesse? Like democide when the government actually does kill its people. I think it's democide. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> you Something know, like that. that hasn't happened yet. But yeah. like we've yeah. Yeah. Again, we've studied history and like here we are like pointing out the red flags that we see, pointing out these things and these signs and the attitudes like that um brought countries like Germany to a place where they installed Hitler and he did what we all know and were taught for a long time like what yeah. what he a did. A lot of people still tell you um right now um and I have no problem saying this and telling people is they're like you can't talk about the Holocaust and you can't um, compare it like how dare you compare it and i'm like the similarities are almost spot on i was like we learned in high school i was like i remember what i learned in high school nazis mm -hmm. came in rolled through poland in one day took over everything and hitler was this super evil man and all this you talk to people like throughout all of this i've taught i've spoken to holocaust survivors at some of these rallies i go to and they explain how it was this was a process that took that like most of it was over the course of a decade, if not longer, and how they instilled all of what's happening now. It was really similar to what happened then, and it wasn't overnight. And a lot of people think that it's the, you know, you can't compare it. And I'm like, you absolutely can compare it. I'm like, was it, did it get to a more terrible spot, um, you know, during the Holocaust? Absolutely. I was like, but what's, what led up to it? like you cannot just dismiss the similarities that ha are going on and i'm not saying that the holocaust or something like the holocaust is going to happen but something something's not right here and there are warning signs and red flags all over the place like you said um so yeah. you can't just dismiss it you can't just act like uh, again whoever at this point just thinks hey just put your mask on and this is all going to go away uh, do am, like <gasps> Gotta get something that that's not, this is not, <laughs> there's way more to it than just this. Yeah. And I think too, it's like what you're, what a lot of people have a hard time understanding. And this is what Germany had a hard time understanding when it was happening is that this kind of stuff doesn't happen here. That's the thought that everybody keeps having. Well, Germans had the same thought when the Holocaust was happening. A lot of them didn't even know until after the the war was over how much like the nazis did to the to the jews and to the poles and the other groups the undesirables of the society so yeah i mean i think we're getting to a place now where it's not necessarily going to be like a race war it's going to be like vax versus unvaccinated or people who comply with covid regulations versus those who don't yeah there's um that that's where it starts to skew a little bit um people are really surprised when i tell them that uh like i'm like i'm not a republican mm -hmm. and i was like <laughs> kind of like what you said i despise the, uh, i'm fighting like government in general and yeah. i'm like do not blindly put your faith in republicans uh, because remember they are politicians right. and just because you like you know you might like a policy here or there i was like um I'm like a pro-freedom guy at this point. Um, I'm like uh, some of the rallies that I had, they painted uh, both uh, Keith and I as these big Trump guys. And I know they had um, um, 
post with the Proud Boys. They said, we're at the rally and all of this. <laughs> white supremacists. I'm not joking. I had to look up and Google what, who the Proud Boys were. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't, Keith and I always said, no politics at the bar. That was like something that we always said. Uh, you know, we weren't big political guys. Um, and at this point, I've just been thrust and politics creeps its way into everything. But people are mm -hmm. surprised. Uh, people see me on the street, um, a lot of the younger kids, and they're like, hey, like, vote for Trump, and I'm big Republican, and I follow you, and, like, they're trying to pump this Republican thing. I'm like, I'm not a Republican. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I am independent, and I'm that for a reason, and I will always fight and question government overreach from both sides. And uh, where were the Republicans the last year? Yeah. yeah. That's the awful. big question. I don't, that's why I don't understand. Where are they? You can literally count on one hand how many are actually fighting for our individual liberties um, and how many politicians are there between senators and everybody that could be stepping up. Way too many. Paychecks still getting raises and none of these people actually do anything. And well, actually they behind the scenes are just taking more and more. Mm -hmm. um, the more I paid attention to how many regulations, laws, mandates, bills get passed all the time, every single day, we lose more and more. Every time they pass a regulation or a mandate, mm -hmm. we lose a little bit more. And then you turn around and you know it's five years, 10 years later, and you're like, wow, we have nothing. How did that happen? Because they just kept chipping away at the block, took it all away, said, if you don't pay attention and we don't force leaders to step up um, you know, on both sides, we're going to have nothing. Yep. Um, so for some context and for some, you know, biographical information on you and Max, like how long, when did you first open your bar? So I'll give you a little rundown. We actually, people think that we were open for way longer than we were. Um, so Keith and I worked together for uh, a bunch of years and then mm -hmm. that place became available. We were actually managing at a restaurant right up the street. Um, we were supposed to open my years or my years are crazy now. I want to say it was January 2019 when we signed the lease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, January 2019 when we signed the lease there. The Liquor Authority, my buddies at the State Liquor Authority of New York, um, decided to move their offices. And they didn't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. So the three-month process that it usually takes to get a liquor license in New York, um, it took us 11 and a half months. So we were already... <laughs> like by state and city regulations and everything, nothing to do with us. Uh, we were already being crushed by just government agencies that were just like, yeah, whatever, back in the line, guys. Like, you know, we'll get to you when we get to you. And we're like, hey, we have rent this, that. Like we were supposed to be open months and months and months ago. How can you do this? They didn't have to answer to anybody. And this is when I started getting furious. They literally don't have to answer to anyone. Meanwhile, if I do one thing wrong, if I file a piece of paperwork wrong or do one little thing wrong, I get fined thousands of dollars. And these people don't have to answer. So fast forward, we get open. Uh, we were only open from November 2019. And then the shutdowns happened, what, March 2020? Yep. But that's what happened. It was we were so far behind because of government agencies. Mm -hmm. Finally get open getting through winter which is like the worst time to open 
And then all of a sudden they're like closed. And we're like, okay, like super dead, deadly virus. Like, all right, like we'll do our part. I don't know how we're going to get through this, but they'll take care of us, right? And then as you guys know, the rest is history at that point because there was no help. And two weeks became two months, became 10 months, became this, became another set of lockdowns. And at some point we looked at each other, um, Keith and I were like, no, <laughs> like not going to happen. And uh, other restaurants and bars were like, uh, like, yeah, like we always spoke about with other restaurants and bars. We had a big coalition and other bars and restaurants said that they were going to join us. And then when it came down to it, they're like, well, we really can't stay open. They're like, you can't do that. And we're like, no, we are. Uh, we had no idea what the, what the, if there was going to be a ton of pushback, whatever, but we were two guys that put everything that we had into it and just kept getting crushed by nothing that was our own fault. Mm -hmm. And, you know, went through almost a whole year of just getting shit on by the government with absolutely no help. And our local city and state government in New York between de Blasio and Cuomo were just like, it's the federal government's fault. And the federal government's like, well, the state's like, had the ability to shut down their own places and some states are open and some aren't. So they just kept passing the ball back and forth. Meanwhile, every day, a new, a new business closed. And I sat there, like we sat there and every single day, another business closed. I was like, Nope, we're not closing. And then the chaos ensued. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, did you get arrested? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> just just one time or? <laughs> no, I got arrested two or three times. I'm surprised <laughs> I haven't been arrested again, honestly, but I don't think I'm done with getting arrested. Um, I have great lawyers that have still are fighting it. Um, Good. Uh, a bunch of court things coming up, but none of the things I really got arrested for were kind of legal at all. Um, and you know, I do have a lawsuit against the city and the sheriff's department. Um, and now my lawyers, I spoke to them today. They are, um, they're bringing another lawsuit to challenge the mayor's authority, if he has any, um, which we don't think about um, issuing mandates because it was really iffy on whether the governor could issue those mandates. And mm -hmm. now the governor can't um, of New York. And now all of a sudden the mayor of New York city gets on and starts issuing these really harsh mandates. And I'm looking around like, uh, I've learned some, you know, things about law over the past year. I'm like, what part of does a mayor not, is a mayor not able to pass a law or a mandate? What part of that applies to this? Because this is crazy. Um, but my lawyers have given me the okay to keep doing things. <laughs> And they will always defend me because uh, they know I'm not just going to go completely wild and do anything nuts. Um, and someone's got to fight against this. And unfortunately, just showing up to a protest or a rally, I do plenty of that all the time. I was at another one last week. It's not enough. So sometimes you do have to toe the line and um, do things. And I'm not afraid to get locked up, um, you know, for a night and put in a holding cell to stand up for what's right. Um, you know, at some point we have to say no to to whether it's a a mandate or or they're passing these as laws now. So it's it's scary. Like I said, every day that passes, there's a new one. And yeah, at one point, the only way it stops is if we say no. Yep. And um, 
just to timestamp our conversation. So today we're recording Tuesday, August 3rd. And so I don't know if exactly what you were saying or alluding to, like with uh, Bill de Blasio's latest crazy, super harsh mandates, or at least that seems like um, it's going through the grapevine. And who knows if it's like them testing the waters or like, I don't know, you're on the ground there. So you'd have to tell me. But the fact that I saw circulating the internet today that Bill de Blasio wants to mandate that everybody going into a restaurant or a fitness center in New York City is going to have um, a mandated proof of vaccination. Yep, not even negative tests or anything like that. And I warned a lot of people about this, all the businesses too. Uh, when I asked the businesses to join um, us at Max in standing up to it, I said, if you don't stand up to this now, um, you will be the vaccination police. And yeah. Uh, I'm like, no, it'll never get to that. They're like, Danny, it's not going to get to that. We will be fully open in a few months. And I'm like, you won't. How do you not see it? And again, I'm not, um, yeah. I'm not going to say like, uh, my whole thing is about like freedom. I yep. believe that we should have the power, especially with our own bodies to pick. So I'm not like no vaccines for anybody ever. I don't care about it. And you know what? If you're somebody that wants to go get this shot, go get it. I have no problem with you getting it. Perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Um, and the people that I respect the most are the people that have chosen to get it and still say that, yes, this is wrong. Um, and that's where I try to break through to some people is like, that's fine. Even if you get it, understand what, like the facts about it and mm -hmm. what it means to get the shot and what it actually does. But you should still, you should still think it's scary that the government's trying to enforce all of this on people. Um, and mm -hmm. that's been the biggest fight. And I know sometimes it gets misconstrued, um, certain ways, again, politics creeps in and oh, yeah. divax is a whole big term and all of that. And I'm like, stand up for your freedoms and liberties because they're coming for it more and more. And, um, that's why I really think they, they want to keep us separated and divided. So the people that see through it and still choose to like, hey, I have this and I made the choice to get the shot, but I still support you guys and, you know, and your freedoms. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think it's going to take to stand up to it. But de Blasio, I think, has overstepped his bounds. So this should be very interesting um, to see how this plays out, because I'm already going to say I know it. The mayor does not have the ability to pass this. And these are some pretty serious ones super serious mm -hmm. like that's the harshest and so you being at um ground zero i'd say like new york and california are basically ground zeros for um what's to come and what to watch out for you know you guys are just the epicenters of weird for lack of a you know more nefarious term at the moment but um but I think uh, I mentioned like before we started recording, I've been watching your um, I was watching your most recent live stream and you said it, you find it funny that like people are coming to ask you for advice and all this stuff now. And it's like, um, you know, they should have I mean, the the retro in retrospect, it's like they should have been, you know, willing to listen to you or, or ask for your help, maybe and stand with you like a year ago or more than a year ago, really. Um, but really, but maybe, you know, giving people the benefit of the doubt in their own time to kind of figure things out, like, okay, a year, right? Like that got, we got past the, that will take us past the failed two weeks to, um, to flatten the curve. 
it would give people um, some time to like maybe see their family again and see some signs of like reality and sanity. But, but I mean, I think like it's probably, I don't know. I, are you're not, are you frustrated that people are just now asking you like for advice and what to do? And yeah, um, I said it on my last live stream because you know, the frustrating part was now. So for those that aren't in New York or haven't followed what's going on too much. So on top of de Blasio's mandates that so-called mandates that he's enforcing about, um, you know, proof of vaccination um, to go out and be like a normal part of society. Uh, over the past week, he has also issued him and Cuomo tag team between the city and the state um, vaccination or tests for all city workers. Mm -hmm. And this is just a segue to you have to get the shot or you're yeah. going to be fired. So they're saying any new hires have to have the shot. But if you're currently on, whether you're a teacher, um, FDNY, NYPD, sanitation, any of the city jobs and state jobs, you have to either have vaccination or proof of that or um, proof of negative tests. Like I think it's weekly or bio or every, like twice a week. Mm -hmm. um, so they're all furious. And the first couple of times that the sheriffs came to Max and I was outside with them, I was, I was saying to them, I'm like, guys, I was like, stand down and you should be joining me because when they're done with the businesses, they will come for you next. Yep. And they're like, well, we have a paycheck and, you know, it's none of this. And I'm like, at some point, I'm like, I'm not going to accept that answer. Um, mm -hmm. We're just doing our job. I was like, again, at, at, you know, we've heard this through history. Yep. Where have we heard this before? We're just doing our job. Yeah. And is it okay for you to shit on me for a paycheck? I'm like, because they're going to come for you. This is not going to end. And again, I wish I was wrong. And I was just dead spot on with everything. But now a whole bunch of city workers um, and state workers are coming to me and they're like, what can I do? And I'm like, I'll tell you what you should have done was you should, you should have stood with me and the business owners. But I was like, you know what? The business owners, we failed as a whole. Um, we didn't stand up to it and we let it get to this point. Right now, it's like the in New York specifically, there's like a war against like going on. Uh, it's like a ideological war basically. And they are coming after everybody and they added the businesses back into it. So now you have all the city and state workers and the restaurants. Um, and I said, the ball's in your court. I can't do anything for you. I was like, I suggest talking to as many people as you work with. I suggest getting to your unions, making sure that they're on board and know that you got like how you feel. And seeing how much uh, you know, I was like strength in numbers. Like, but you guys have to be the ones to say no. Now, it's like you know, I fought as long as and hard as I could with my place. I'm like, now it's up to the, it's up to you guys to say no. It's like if everyone says no, it ends here now. I'm like, but if you're just gonna stay silent and hope that your unions fight it without you putting up a thing, I'm like, that's great. But what happens if your union sides with them? Because there's a really good chance. We saw what the teachers unions, what they've done to our kids yep. for the past year. And, you know, that's a whole nother thing. I don't know if you want to get into that, but that's <laughs> been a huge fight of mine. I said, just say no. They're coming at so many people all at the same time right now where this should be an easy one because now there's so many. They didn't pick off 
Like we're going for this department. We're going for this department next. And this one, they're attacking everybody right now. And I'm like, this is where we say no. This is, and this is a test for the whole country. Um, what happens in New York in the next couple of months and how, like which direction this goes is really important because the rest of these governors and mayors are going to pay attention especially in these blue states and see, okay, let's see what happens and if they can pass this through and really, or nope, like this didn't work. People stood up to this and it's chaos right now in New York. We're not, we're not going to follow this. So it's, it, it's important, but I keep telling people as mad as I am that they didn't come to my defense. It's like, I'll still, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bitter about it, but I will always say, Hey, like, let's, Let's say no and get our freedoms. And the city workers, it, the bull's in their court right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, as frustrating as it is or as bitter as there might be a taste on our uh, tongues for doing so, it's like, I, I agree. I would support anybody that even was late to the game and having these realizations. It's like, I don't care. I want more people on our side. At some point, it may be too late. So. Yeah. <laughs> people to put your uh get your fighting shoes on because if you wait any longer you might not uh you miss you miss that bus yeah um also but, if you just okay. don't want like you don't um i don't know if you just like if you do agree with me and all that that's great but if you don't or you want to talk about a controversial thing like hey i heard you say this and we don't agree i'm all for it i always say dialogue is really good so if you want to mm-hmm. get into anything where <laughs> what I've said previously or now, feel free. I won't. I won't go nuts. I love um, <laughs> you know, just speaking, and di- I think dialogue's great. No, that's great too. And um, so actually, while we're here at this point, and um, so something Jesse and I might normally get similar to what you were saying, and like we might normally get lumped in and called Republicans or you know Trump supporters, and it's like yeah. nope, wrong on both accounts. Um, good job, you guys are all very stupid for thinking so um your simple minds are showing but so you know back to the um like republican bashing or the quote-unquote thin blue line that's supposed to be there to you know protect citizens it's like who was there arresting you and locking you down and enforcing these things and i think it, it varied you know area to area state to state whatever but um ultimately they came down hard um on behalf of their blue overlords, like their democratic governor overlords. And um, it's just like, there aren't enough of those good cops that supposedly exist that they didn't stand up for you guys. They didn't stand up for anybody. They didn't stand up for themselves. And, you know, like now, like you said, they're going to be facing um, the ramifications of that. Um, well, that's Yeah, I like that you brought that up, too, is because... Um... Yeah, did you did you want to finish whatever uh, you said? Something you no, there. go ahead. Um, so my situation was a little trickier here in New York, um, specifically the city. But I say this all the time because people bring up. I see comments; they're great. Or people send me stuff. <laughs> I love. I actually love like uh, the occasional hate mail or when someone will come on to one of the social media accounts or send me an email or something like that. Um, <laughs> It is. They, they really like, took the time and penned you a hate email. 
<laughs> like, I don't care what you think. Like, especially yeah. when you say it in a certain way. <laughs> um, or it's like from a troll account with no picture and no anything. And I'm like, dude, if you're not gonna like have a picture on your thing either, like I'm not even gonna waste my time. But people are like, oh, thin blue line, what happened? Or um all this. I'm like, I have never once said thin blue line and that I like <laughs> I'm all about law enforcement i say i respect like some are good and some are bad and i give my respect to those who stand up against this i'm like and i will not just respect or give respect to all law enforcement and say again like thin blue line just just uh you know do it because if you're a cop or whoever any law enforcement that just says i'm just doing my job mm -hmm. i give you zero respect yeah. none whatsoever um there were a lot that stood down so nypd stood down in enforcing mandates here in new york in the city the sheriffs were the one that enforced everything those are the ones that i had the biggest gripe with now while the nypd stood down um they also didn't come to a defense mm -hmm. um you know like i had to go pick up my buddy john tobacco at the police precinct the other day so i didn't get locked up i thought i was going to get locked up but i didn't he did um and I go into the precinct and there's there's police in there and they're like, hey, you're Danny, right? And they're coming shaking my hand. It's funny because my lawyers always they're like, don't go near the precinct. I'm like, they like me. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I pick up John, for those that don't know, John Tobacco, he's been a big supporter of Max. I met him like right when everything was going on. Um, he stood by me from the beginning when a lot of people backed off. Um, from my fight he's been there from day one and has stood by me um he's a big advocate he's in the press and he's starting to run for office but he got locked up whole big controversy i put a little live out there and i saved the video for anyone that wants to see it mm -hmm. but he got locked up and his father was nypd and he's always said like i support the police no matter what all this he got locked up and then i went and picked him up and I'm like, how was it? I was making a joke. And he's like, yeah, you know, they're good kids. And they said, you know, they don't want to do it, but I get it. They're just doing their job. And, you know, they said they don't want to, but, you know, they have to. And I looked at him and I'm walking out of the precinct with him. I said, John, at what point do we say just doing our job? It's like, when do we just say that's not enough? And you know what? He looked at me and he's like, you know what? You're right. And he got on his news thing the next day and he said it. Mm -hmm. um, and he's been a big supporter of it, but we've reached the point. We're past the point now right, of right. law enforcement not even enforcing laws. Again, he got locked up, and there was no law that he broke. Um, mm -hmm. And whether it's just or unjust, at some point, you got to decide if you're if they give you an unjust law. At what point are they going to say no? I'm not going to follow this because I have the order to arrest these people or to do this. Um, we need the good ones to really stand up and have a voice right now. Uh, again, I'm not going to just blindly follow it. And I think currently now we'll see what, what stance the NYPD takes. Um, but I know they don't like de Blasio either. And what mm -hmm. I found out was the New York City Sheriff's Department is under direct orders from the mayor. Um, I know that for a fact. Uh, when I was talking to them, they told me that they were sent directly to Max and to me to get me from the mayor's office. That's kind of scary. <laughs> uh, Sheriff of New York City, uh, Sheriff Facito, is appointed by the mayor. 
So basically, mm. it's his personal police force, which again, yeah, I hate to just keep having these similarities between what's going on in Nazi Germany, mm. but the SS were not just, they didn't come out of nowhere. The right. SS infiltrated and then took over control over the German police force at some point, and it took a while and a long time. And that's why I tell people, the good ones are starting to drop off the force. Mm-hmm. And I said, what happens when the good ones drop off the force? And now, what is the New York City Sheriff Department in being appointed by the mayor and carrying out all of these mandates and all of these and basically saying, like, listen, I have to do it. Now what happens when they become the police of New York? Mm. And I see it happening, and these guys are going to carry it out again. I don't know. I don't know if the NYPD's come out and said that what they're going to do with these mandates, but I already, I already know. Spoke to my lawyer about it. The New York City Sheriff's Department are going to be the ones that go around door to door, business to business, making sure that all of this is enforced. And it's like their own. Yeah. The mayor basically has his own police force. It's scary. It's really scary. It's really scary. Like. Hmm. I don't like that. <laughs> well, and I, I I was wondering, have you noticed a lot of your friends like leaving New York? Because I hear a lot of people talking about uh, moving to Texas or Florida or whatever. And I live in East Tennessee. So we've got a lot of people from Chicago, New York, California moving to us right now. Do you, have you noticed a lot of people so, leaving? Yes and no. Um, I do know that there are a lot of people leaving that have left and plan on leaving. The tricky thing with where I am in Staten Island, um, I'm not even, I don't even think I'm exaggerating. I want to say like 80% of Staten Island is our city workers. Mm. Um, like every single one of my friends that I grew up with besides me works for the city, whether it's sanitation, FDNY, NYPD. And throughout all of this, all of them kept saying like, Danny, want to support you, but I can't. And I'm like, ah, oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> Again, it's like, hey, sorry, like I I can't lose my job. Feel bad for you, but um, they all have city and state jobs. All of them, like especially Staten Island, it's heavy. Like I'm telling you, you can't go and you bump into someone. Chances are they're a nurse or a city worker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's by design, though, and they pay them a lot of money and they pump benefits and all this. And look, they have to abide. Mm-hmm. because now a bunch of people keep telling me uh, they'll message me and say hey i want i want out but i have five years left until retirement or i'm midway through mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm five i'm five years in and what am i going to do like i just reached top pay and i can't give up my pension and all this and i keep saying I'm like you're not going to have a pension <laughs> where we're headed yeah but they have made and created a system that people can't break out of or they're so afraid to break out of because they're like, I've been doing this for 12 years or 15 years. I have five years left. What am I going to do? So do I know, and I've seen a bunch of people leave? Yes. Do I know a bunch of people that are like, I don't know what to do because I can't leave? Yeah. Uh, And I'm like, listen, you have to make your own personal choices. So they've created a system, though, specifically here in New York City, where they gave out a lot of city jobs. I mean, a lot. Mm. And they are just control. It's, I'm telling you, it's all about control. So it really yeah, people, is. But there's a lot that have to stay. 
I'm just curious how they're going to pay their their pensions if a lot of people just leave. Who's going to be taxed to pay their pensions? I think, uh, well, I think they're worried about it now because I think it was just a few days ago. Cuomo got on and said, he's he, I think the headline too was, and I, I read it, it was like pleading, Cuomo pleads with New York, like New Yorkers <laughs> and people to come back. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. I say it all the time. People are like, Dan, you got to open up another Max. And I'm like, not New York. And they're like, why not? I'm like, why would I want to conduct business in New York City? I was like, there is zero benefit to it. I was like, mm-hmm. what am I, crazy? I was yeah. like, I'll go open up another Max eventually. I was like, in another state that respects me, my freedom, and my business's freedom, mm-hmm. and doesn't just keep taking, taking, taking. The amount of agencies coming in, the fines, the fees, every fee went up, and what was annual became, you know, biannual, and then quarterly, and all of this stuff. And it's crazy. And I don't know. They have a serious problem, especially in Manhattan. All of the office spaces are empty right now, completely empty. All the big businesses left. I know California is having this issue too. Um, they're all California's going to Texas. Yeah, and ruining Texas. <laughs> they're heading out, but all these businesses. They told people like, "Yeah, you can work from home now." No one wants to go back, and these businesses learned how to operate without paying astronomical rent. Yeah. In sky rise buildings. And they already said, a ton of them said, we're not going back. So you have empty buildings that we already know for a fact the businesses have said, we're not going back. All these major corporations and smaller businesses, they said, keep your office space that we were paying tons of rent for. Keep it. And what's going to happen? You know, who knows? And Who's going to pay these pensions? There's not. They've been warning about that. There's no money to pay these people for a long time, and that was before COVID. Now, tell people get out before you can't get out, and then when you want to, there's nowhere to go or yeah. you can't leave. I'm convinced if I stay there any longer, I just can't leave. They're going to block the bridges. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm just wondering if New York's going to turn into like Gary, Indiana. I don't know if anybody's ever driven through Gary in the middle of the night. <laughs> It's like Mordor there, and it's pretty freaking scary. I would not want to get lost there, but it was. It used to be a. It used to be like a big city. It used to be nice, and you know, it had industry there. But all of those steel industries went overseas, and people lost their jobs overnight. And a lot of people that were working for. I mean, that just once that big industry left, all the other things that held the city together went away. So I wonder if like New York's going to turn into that and. Unless somebody turns it around, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a mess. Um, <laughs> it's it's really. I was just talking to somebody about this. It's New York is a very strange dynamic. Um, yeah. The the whole state is actually red. Votes red and Republican. Yeah. Like if you you look at it, and then Staten Island is heavy Republican also, and Long Island is also heavy Republican. But because there's so many people in the city. Mm-hmm. between Brooklyn, Manhattan, Bronx, Queens. Um, they, like, there's so many millions of people that it controls the rest of the state. Yeah. So the state's at the mercy of how these cities vote. But then when you break down New York City, it's unlike anywhere else in the country where, uh, if, you, if for those who aren't familiar with it, there's five boroughs that make up New York City. There's Staten Island, Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, Manhattan. 
Um, and they all have borough presidents. When I found that through all this, the borough presidents have almost no power and the mayor controls everything. Mm-hmm. But if you've ever been to Staten Island or the Bronx or Queens, they are like night and day. They're completely different places. But right. then it's like Staten Island that votes red is at the mercy of, you know, it's almost like a miniature dynamic of how the state votes and this. And mm-hmm. the mayor is just, it's nuts. There should not be a mayor controlling five cities because these city, these boroughs are technically cities. Like Brooklyn is one of the largest cities in the world just by itself. But meanwhile, it's lumped in with everybody else. They need to break this apart. And I think that's going to, I think eventually that's what's going to happen um, are the way they have cities and states. And I think there's, you're going to see a lot of places breaking away. I've even heard like Northern California wants to break away and become yep. part of um, and things like this, whether it'll happen, who knows, but people are getting fed up, especially because if you live in these rural areas or just in another part of the state, you're being, you know, the way that your life is, you're, it's being dictated by a major city and yeah. it's not how it should be. And this is shedding light on it. Um, mm-hmm. Where it goes, I don't think there's an easy solution, but something has to give at some point. <laughs> yeah, I've and heard a, a, a good a good thing happening here. Yeah, I've heard a lot of talk about secession and how we want to break apart the states, but I think that it needs to be more than that. Like it needs to be like you're saying. I think we need to break the cities apart a little bit because I see that a lot in um like in New York and Chicago is exactly the same way. I used to live in Chicago, so I remember Chicago was definitely it was blue. And then once you drove just like a little outside of the city, it was red. So, <laughs> um, same thing with like Atlanta or, or like uh, Georgia's the opposite, really. Um, well, no, it's not really, but um, it's. I think Atlanta's going to get so big because so many people have been moving there that it's going to turn. It's going to turn the state blue. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I said I don't want to. At this point, I've been in New York for so long. People are like, where are you going to move? I'm like, I'm going to wait for the midterm elections because I think our country is going to look very different, and we'll have a better idea of where it's headed. Yeah. Um, with these midterm elections, um, I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> my luck at this point, <laughs> I'll pick a state, and then all of a sudden it'll flip. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm the same place again. Right. So. I don't want to. A lot of people think I'm going to head to like, they're always like Florida, Texas. And I'm like, listen, it could happen. I'm like, but those aren't necessarily on the top of my list. Um, mm-hmm. It's just chaos. I want my kids away from this madness. Um, I mentioned it before. People that reach out to me from Idaho, I'm telling <laughs> you, I would have never thought <laughs> it's beautiful. It's open. It's free. Like you have land. I'm all about land. I almost want to become a farmer at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Crops, I want a greenhouse, I want an off the grid house, solar panels, water source. And I just want to say, government, stay out of me. I have my guns and my solar, and that's it. And my water, Bill Gates, take your potatoes, shove them up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Definitely agree with all that. I'm just, I'm, I have this thought in my head that California, like right now, is really, really bad, but people are leaving it so fast 
they're just abandoning things so quickly. Like it might be where it actually be, it'll be affordable again. <laughs> and then we should all just take over California and just make it free for once. Or just That's make it break it's, up. It's like a cycle. So the yeah. dangerous thing is, um, I know the term being used was don't New York, my Florida mm-hmm. and don't uh, California, my Texas. Because a lot of these people leave because they're like, oh, look, it's great down there. But then they go and they vote the same way. Yeah. And right now there's millions of people that have left both New York and California. I think New York, they said for the first time, actually lost seats. Yeah. Um, and it's like the first time ever. Um, a lot of people left. And between that, um, you know, how, do the, how are these people going to vote? And we don't know. Yeah, that's and, what scares me. They streamed. This administration right now had millions of people stream across the border. I'm not exaggerating. It's millions. And they're trying to get, like, say, hey, you don't have to be a citizen to vote. Mm -hmm. There's some crazy stuff going on right now. So I'm like, I'm not moving anywhere until we see what happens. And I know now in California, they said for the recall election, um, Delta variant, mail-in ballots. And I'm like, oh, geez, we're at this again, huh? Yeah. Like, it's like, I hope we, I hope we fix the system because this has, this has nightmare written all over it because I, I haven't been to California in, I don't know, probably 15 years. I think I went once. Um, I said, I'll take it as a victory if Newsom gets out because again, any of these guys who acted as a king, yeah. said King Cuomo, King Newsom. These guys knock them off their, take their crown off, knock them off their throne. Um, so I would love to see Newsom um, out. And I don't believe the polls or anything that they say when they're like, "Oh, it's really close." They're like, "48 yeah. percent of the people want him out." Every time they have a poll, and then they have the election, it's nowhere even close to what they thought. But um, I don't know who's going to say that this guy did a good job. There's still people that think Cuomo did a good job, though. So that's why I. I've lost my faith. I'd like to say I have faith in people, but I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Well, so I don't think I'm going to head. Yeah. I think it's um, like, I'm a, I'm a humanist at heart. Like I really do like love and appreciate the human spirit and what I, <laughs> what we used to could say, like our, our resilience, our resistance, like our, individuality but since that's been you know brainwashed and beaten out of us um for so long that's the uh those are traits in the minority um but you know still i still am like i said a humanist um but it like i it doesn't mean like i've got faith in everybody to do the right thing and you know jesse and i are like would consider ourselves voluntarists like the idea that everything should be um you know done voluntarily the idea that you can force somebody to live the way that you would want them to live like but they don't choose to do that voluntarily to include and inject force and coercion into relationships where it's absolutely not necessary you know it's not that we have faith like just this undying faith in people but it's we have the understanding that the effects that are going to be it's going to be a lot more harmful like as we're we're living in a very i think harmful aftermath of just unending intervention by the government um 
the regulations, like stuff like you see on a small business level and just the, you know, massacre, like things we do and atrocities overseas, intervention on that level, like intervention um, and, and a monetary level, like what they're doing and printing money like mad and just screwing up the dollar to such a degree that it doesn't mean anything. Like yep. the unending intervention, like that's the harm, harm, you know, like leaving people to do things voluntarily and, um, you know, to cooperate with one another. I say there's no risk in that. That's going to be worse than what we're seeing um, right now, where we have like very little um, control over all of our actions on a day to day basis. Yeah. And we need to get it back for ourselves. And you talk about, you know, the United States loves putting its nose in everyone's business and giving money out and all this stuff and having influences. Meanwhile, there's actual documented genocide happening over in China with the Uyghurs. Mm -hmm. You don't even hear about it. Nothing. So we want to stick our nose in everyone's business there. But uh, it's what, 2021? Right, my years are messed up. Yeah, 2021. Could you ever think that it's documented? Like we know what's going on there, and they're they're rounded up and put in camps. You would never think, but there's so much chaos going on, and no one wants to mention that. But we'll still send billions of dollars to influence across the seas for our own government's agenda. But mm -hmm. it's it's sick. Cuba's not allowed. The Cuban refugees, they're not allowed over. Yeah, they're not allowed yeah, here, but we can. Allowed, but the southern border. So basically, tell the Cubans, go take your raft to Mexico and then figure out how to walk across the border and we'll let you in. <laughs> like you could disguise yourself in that way. But if you come directly from Cuba on a raft, they said, we will turn you away. And I'm like, how does no one see what's going on here? I don't know. <sighs> that's, that's what I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be pulling it out right now. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's one of the points uh, of us having a podcast because we were living, you know, Jesse's in East Tennessee, like she said. I'm in Maryland. Um, we've actually still never met in person to date. Um, you know, hopefully that'll change at some point soon. But just great internet friends and connections. And yeah. Love that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Jesse and I, like I said earlier, like we've had a podcast for the past two years now. Um, and you little, have never been done. We've never met in person. We've mm -hmm. known each other for longer. Together online, don't you? Say that again. Have you ever had like wine parties online? Oh, yeah. I mean, like Jesse's got like, a drink right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm finishing up some bourbon right now. I usually do. I have water and coffee. I'm not having tonight. Yeah, no, I'm dehydrated, so I can't imbibe. Um, but yeah, it's so like that we're we're out here um, just trying to stay sane in our space, and you know, like I said earlier, find new friends, find new people, and um, you know, we've been gravitating, especially this year, like towards people that have been speaking out and are vocal, and um, you know, making it a point to object and um stand up for not just themselves not just you know i know you're not just standing up for you and your own business but you are standing up for people that will not stand up for themselves and mm -hmm. like it does take you know courage and bravery and but like i think I, we weren't recording when um i said this earlier but 
I'm like really not a confrontational person. Um, and like, but I also know like it's getting to the point where there is nobody that is going to save me. Um, and so even though I might be vocal on this podcast, there might be some degree of, uh, coming out of the, <laughs> coming out of the proverbial closet, um, which is funny because, you know, you're pride month, everybody, like, it's just clown world, clown yeah. world, like that, uh, me being like, it's, uh, so, so that's, that's, I like that you said <laughs> that because, um, some people ask me, well, what can I do? And I understand there are a lot of people that aren't confrontational or anything like that. At some point, people on the fence, I'm like, listen, it's time to get your hands dirty. Um, you know, get out there in the streets and support it. Some people I understand want to help and support, but they don't know how. Uh, or they say, like, listen, I can't, like, I, I can't handle, like, I can't go to these protests or rallies and I can't, but I don't agree with what's going on. So what can I do? Just you guys having this podcast and speaking is, it, it does a ton. And um, I don't know if you realize that, but I want to tell you that it does. And, um, you know, if you're not a confrontational person and you don't know, again, if you ever want to get out there, um, put those fighting boots on, go out, you can do some more. But this is more than enough with you guys doing this and spreading information and bringing people together because um, I've learned over it. I never got in front of a camera before, before all of this. Mm -hmm people are like Danny what do we do um so but I am someone that's kind of confrontational so I don't mind going out there but keep speaking and letting people know I'm, I'm sure people are going to ask you guys for advice on what to do but there's always something you can do um I say don't do nothing yeah. um you know whether it's you have a job you want to fight for it go call your union up every day if you're someone that's good on a phone go just you know do something, anything, it'll all add up if everybody just does a little bit. But there are a lot of people that have just said, well, I can't, like, what can I do? Or it's not worth fighting it because we can't beat these guys. Like, you can't beat the man. I'm like, well, with that attitude, you're right. <laughs> but if everyone does their little part, whether it's speaking out, um, whether it's, you know, like, hey, I'm a dummy, but I'll go and, <laughs> and uh, go out to the protest and see what everything's about. Do your part. Um, if you know inside of you that what you see going on isn't right, do something. Something yeah. is better than nothing, and then you can grow from there. And listen, we're all going to make mistakes or say something wrong here and there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not worried about getting canceled, so I'm just going to keep speaking. <laughs> That's yes. yeah, and I think that the these people think that they are the majority. And we just need to speak up and stand up for ourselves because I think that if we all stood up, you know, you don't have to even really do a lot. Just say no to these, you know, if you don't want to get vaccinated, just say no. Just say no. That's the biggest thing is just say no. And I know, trust me, I know it takes a lot sometimes. Just say no. See where it goes from there. I mean, and I've, I like, like we were just talking about, I've lost friends because of my opinions I've, um, I've had, uh, ex coworkers that won't talk to me anymore cause I'm a nurse. And so my opinion differs from the main stream. So I have nurse friends that won't talk to me. I'm sure they just don't want to be involved in that cause they don't want to lose their jobs. But, um, you know, 
at the end of the day, if you stand up for what you truly believe in, you have like that self-respect. I mean, that's the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one with yourself. And if you can't even respect yourself, then what do you even have at the end of the day? What does it matter that you have a job? Who cares if you have these fake friends that don't stand up for anything? It's a hundred percent right now. People are like, dang, where are you working? I'm like, kind of nowhere and everywhere. <laughs> I'm keeping myself busy because they know Max is closed. Uh, or they're like, you know, you kind of ruined it for yourself or something like that. And I'm like, nah, no, no. I stood up for what I believe in and I'm continuing to do it. And the easiest thing would have been for me to keep my mouth shut, not speak. I'm like, mm -hmm. and if nothing comes out of it, other than the fact that I can tell my kids that I stood tall yep. and I fought for what I believed was right, like, and if I could pass that on to my kids where when you feel so strongly about something, don't ever let anyone silence you and stand up for what you believe in. I'm like, I will take that as a victory. Um, and most of my fight is because of them. But it's, it, it's people like you, though, like when you get up and you stand up for what you believe in, you inspire so many more people to do it as well. And the more people that we inspire, the more of a team we have. And I think that's all it really takes is that. You know, these people are emboldened because they think that they're the majority. But when they are met with force, when they're met with that wall, they have no choice but to back down. So we have to just be that wall. Yeah, well, what I and that's why I'm like, if they build a wall, if there's enough of us, we're going to enough of us can run through that wall Yeah, because uh, we can't do it by ourselves. <clears throat> but that's why um, <laughs> it's kind of ironic, I guess, is the correct word for this. Um, before all of this, I disappeared. I didn't have social media. I disappeared. <laughs> um, I was just all about my kids. And I was like, I want to be left alone. And now it's like all of this. And I get all these messages all the time. And, but I see it. Some people, they want to reach out and I want to, to be there and give them advice. Um, but at some point I tell people I will disappear again. Yeah. As <laughs> right. soon as you can. Yeah. Right. I just like there will be a day people are probably going to be like, did the government kill him or did he <laughs> on his farm in Idaho and just hanging out on dirt bikes with his kids growing, uh, growing crops? <laughs> hopefully it's that one. But eventually I said, when my time is done, hopefully I, you know, I'm all about fighting this as hard and as long as it takes. Um, yeah. Like legitimately, like, I am, I'm mentally where I need to be, um, for this and I'm highly adaptable. So whatever I have to do, whether I have to speak or get out in the street, whatever it's going to take, um, that's what I'm going to do. But at some point, hopefully there's just peace and I can just take my kids and relax somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and again, if we don't fight, uh, there won't the be peace, throw me in a FEMA camp or, uh, in a holding cell somewhere indefinitely or one of these medical facilities. Well, and I mean, I used to be a hospice nurse too. And so I remember, you know, having to um, explain to families, like do, you have to think about the quality of life. So it's not just enough to be alive. So, and that's yeah. kind of how we have to look at this too, because yeah, we could be scared of this virus. We could hide ourselves in our houses and we could hide away from society. We could follow these ma these mandates and take these vaccines. But 
what quality of life do you really have? And is it really worth saving that kind of life? Or is it worth it to try to fight for what life you really want for yourself? Yeah, that's, uh, that was perfectly said where. And your <laughs> you kids know. and your kids too. Cause yeah. I have two children. I want them to have a better life than this bullshit that's going on right now. I sent my daughter um, to summer camp last summer. Like she's going right now last summer. Mm-hmm. And people say like, how can you send your daughter to, to camp? Mm. She's going to die. And I'm like, dude, are you guys paying attention to anything? And they're like, well, what happens if she gets sick and something happens? I'm like, again, I made personal choices for myself and my family. I'm like, and, you know, I, I don't think anything's going to happen. I'm like, but what kind of life is my, are my kids going to live? Exactly. I keep them locked away inside, away from everybody and everything. You know what? I sent my daughter to camp and nothing happened. Right. She had a happened. great time. She had a great time and she was out. She was swimming and she was with her friends and everything was great. And that's where I feel bad for the kids. Um, right. I can't make sense for them and their parents are choosing to put the masks on them and keep them locked away. Can't tell you how many kids I see up here. Ugh. I don't know how it is, guys, but wearing masks. Yeah. Um, I took the kids out for dinner today. They're the only ones I said, my kids will never, ever, ever wear another mask ever. My daughter wore it for a little bit. She will never wear it. She's the only one in school that didn't have one on. And I said, my sons, they're young. My little guy turns two next week. Mm-hmm. It's three. It's like, I will never have a mask on them. Um, I won't. Like, it's not going to happen. And I will let them out and enjoy themselves. And you know what? If they get sick, they're going to get sick and they're going to get better. Yeah. That's what the human body does for the most part. Again, yeah. pick your... We all know our own bodies. We yeah. know you want to get it, make your own personal choice. It's about choice for us and our families. But yeah, kids, it's scary what's going on with kids. And I feel I feel really bad for some of them. Really bad. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I feel bad that they have to, I feel like it's a psychological, like we're going to see these them as grownups and they're going to have so many issues. I just don't want my kids to be afraid of every little thing, especially something they have no control over. And yep. really, at the end of the day, we cannot control this thing. It, I, I have a feeling everybody at some point is going to get this virus, a variant of it of some kind. And most of us are going to be okay. <laughs> so I, I, could get it. I don't know. I, I, I don't think <laughs> I'm, I'm not even saying this to be like cocky or you could be like, you know what, Dave? You shouldn't say this. I've almost been trying to get it. Um, <laughs> I can't. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever gotten it. I've never been tested, and I'm not going to get tested ever. I agree. But I was hugging homeless people. I'm not even. I'm not even exaggerating. Like homeless people outside of Max, like they'd hug me. And people were like, Danny, you can't hug that guy. And I'm like, What am I gonna do? He's here supporting me. And I would like <laughs> give him a hug, and they're like, Danny, you have COVID now. I'm like, I'm like if I have it. Like when there was a rally, thousands of people, I said, there's no such thing as a super spreader event, by the way. This doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, I shook like a thousand people's hands that day, like hugging people, like people giving me hugs. And I said, if I was going to get any of it, it's at these things. Nothing. I'm like, what's going on? Where is this? I was like, who gets it? And again, I do understand people do get sick. People do die from it. I do. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. My blood type, maybe. I have no idea what it is. My, I have a good immune system. 
I drink my, I have vitamins. I take every, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I haven't been sick either. <laughs> lack Where of anxiety. And you might get sick and you get better. Yeah. My daughter said when she was wearing a mask and I'm like, we're taking the mask off. She goes, but daddy, what if I get sick? I'm like, you've been sick before, right? You'll have a She's cold. Like, it's the cold. I was like, yeah. and you got better, right? Yeah. She's like, yeah. It's like, same thing. It's like, this isn't new. It's not new. No. Get sick, get better. Mm-hmm. At least it's, that's what I'm going with. I know there's a lot of people that disagree with me. <laughs> well, I know here, like right now, fingers crossed, we don't have a mask mandate. And there's been talk of, like, the school's about to start again. There's talk of them trying to send our kids back to school with masks and stuff like that. But I'm lucky that where I live, most of the people don't want to do that. And I don't know if you, have you heard of Kane, the wrestler? Yeah. The big, big red machine. Uh, Glenn Jacobs. It's like the big, the big dude, right? Yeah. He's our mayor. So yeah. Yeah. No way. So, and he's a, he's a libertarian quote unquote. So he's already said he's not going to mandate masks here. And we've already just libertarians. I think I'm a libertarian. I don't know. Maybe like, you might be. Seems like a lot of things I kind of <laughs> fall into those categories, but I just don't like labels. So I'm just yeah. kind of. <laughs> yeah. We feel. But yeah. yeah saying, uh, listen, if they, I don't care. Mandate again. It won't matter. Take your, yeah. Go up your ass. Just keep saying. <laughs> you want to wear 18 masks? Go ahead. You do you. Don't care. It. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm always tempted. Like if somebody, um, asked me to especially like now going forward if somebody's gonna ask me to wear a mask it's like sorry i don't believe in self-harm or uh sorry i don't believe in magic <laughs> there are so if you guys haven't or anybody that listens to this there are ways around all of this <clears throat> as masks um now we're getting into it and i told people when they asked me about mask stuff i'm like we are past masks now the oh, mask yeah. fight months ago and last year um now where to the whole vaccines and mandatory vaccines and they're going to come and stab me with a needle yeah. pull me down um, but there are ways if you read your state's laws or the mandates they're not very long so mm -hmm. I, anybody listening to this go pull up your state's mandates especially about the masks and just read it so without getting into too much details there's always ways that you can get around it um know how the laws work again most police don't know the law and they may be able to write you a ticket or something like that. Again, that doesn't mean that you're getting fined or any of this um, at this point, getting locked up on these things. It might be a good thing because then you got a false arrest lawsuit. <laughs> so again, I'm not giving anyone legal advice, <laughs> but just pull up the mandates. And if you want to fight this, I'm telling you, I haven't worn a mask in so long and I've gone into businesses and done it just because I know the right words to say. So I don't want to give too much away in this, but you should be able to figure it out, pull it up. And when you want to say no, say the right words, you can. I'm telling you, I know this because I do it. I refuse to wear a mask, not doing it. There's always ways around it. And again, you might have to sacrifice here or there too. There may yeah. be some businesses that kick you out and they say no. Say, well, you're not getting my business anymore. Yep. Can't tell you how many people are like, oh, well, I need my Starbucks and Starbucks to make me wear a mask. I'm like, go, go make your own coffee at home or go to the small coffee shop that's not going to have you wear a mask. 
to sacrifice. If you're not willing to sacrifice something like your Starbucks, then are we really talking about you and your freedoms and liberties here? And really, Starbucks is like the worst coffee. Garbage coffee. It's yeah, awful. I'm curious when people say that to me. They're like, "Yeah, but I need, I, I need to go in there." I'm like, Stop <laughs> it's it. pretty disgusting. I was like, "I'll buy you a curing." Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put anything else in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Danny, again, we really appreciate you coming on and joining us and talking to us, and definitely like. Thank you for making me feel a tiny bit better that like <laughs> we are doing some part. And um, we've said before, you know, part of the whole like making new friends and talking to people like we totally agree. Like everybody has their own role to play. Everybody has their own fights and their skills and their strengths. And, um, you know, we are here to support everybody doing exactly what they can do um, and being like, you know, beacons of hope like some kind of optimist, optimistic message um, for others to have. And so I, you've given us plenty of that. Um, but I want to ask you, like, you know, so anybody listening to our podcast or anybody who might hear this, how can anybody help or support you at this point? Uh, well, let's see. Nax <laughs> <laughs> is currently closed, but um, eventually I do want to get one open. Um, do I have the means to do that right now? No. And am I stuck in New York for the time being? Um, for some family reasons, yes. Um, I did start a little t-shirt company up um, called Freedom Over Fear. Um, nice. So I do have a website called freedomoverfearusa.com. Um, I think I'm going to release some new kind of like FU Cuomo shirts. <laughs> I think, it, <laughs> I think it's time. Max memorabilia there too, because people were asking like, Hey, I want to support you. So anybody mm-hmm. that wants to, um, definitely helps. Um, again, I'm just kind of doing all random things to, uh, until I'm able to break free. So that's something you could do. If you don't want to buy a cool shirt, that's all good. Follow, um, you know, I have a couple of Instagram things, but the main ones at Max Public House. Um, hop on there. I have the lives, and I hope you guys want to. If you want to hop on when I go live, um, hop on with me, and you know we can discuss some more. And what I like to do is, and why I like to do that is, it's kind of like almost. I don't want to call it like cross promoting because again, we don't like make money from these things. <laughs> but anybody that doesn't know, because I didn't. I didn't know about your podcast before you reached out. Um, anybody that listens to my stuff, uh, I'm sure that there's going to be a bunch of people that follow me that will want to listen to you guys. So if you hop on, um, I could let them know about your podcast. And that's how we grow our numbers. Um, mm-hmm. Stick together. because, And then when they silence my account, then they can follow yours. Cause yeah. I don't know. They can't. I don't know how much more I can step my game up, but sometimes like everyone's messages were going down and all of that the other day. I'm like, mine are fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They just let my account roll for some reason. And I don't really have any issues. I don't know if it's because of the way I say things or, or what, or maybe I do have to step my game up, but I don't get heavily shadow banned. There's some things where people can't mention me and mm-hmm. I might get a little bit less, but I see the big shadow bands. Um, where people will post things and get like two likes <laughs> um, when they were getting thousands. Yeah. And somehow, I don't know, I beat the algorithm. I don't know. Eventually they're going to get me, but for now, 
at Max Public House. Otherwise, my other handles at Danny Presti. Very cool. All right. Well, um, Jesse, anybody listening that doesn't already know us, uh, do you want to tell our listeners where to find us? Yeah, um, we're, we're probably most active on Instagram. Uh, that's where most of our followers are. Um, so if you want to follow us there, we're um, there on uh, at Voluntary Vixens. We also have a backup account in case things go downhill called <laughs> uh, Fox Girls Who Nap. Um, and then if you want to follow us on Facebook, we're at Voluntary Vixens there and on Twitter as Vixens Voluntary. And we also have a Patreon, which is Vixens underscore voluntary. Yep. And as a reminder, like any any money, any donations we ever get, you know, we both have day jobs. It doesn't go to just yeah. our, it doesn't go to like fur coats and champagne, guys. Like we don't live that <laughs> lifestyle anyway. But, you know, when we do accrue enough money, we are able to put that money towards um, friends or other folks in the community that need assistance more than we do. So just a reminder guys but um yeah so thanks everybody listening thanks again danny it was awesome and um definitely might have to take you up on uh crashing live live feed or so <laughs> yeah this was uh thanks for having me on and yeah hope we could do it again very cool well thank you um everybody listening uh good night or good morning or whatever whenever you're tuning in but until next time keep it sane keep it peaceful and keep it voluntary mm-hmm.